Welcome to the Soul Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Beltoff, and I'm grateful to have you here with me today. This podcast is all about sharing stories from the heart so that you know, recognize, and truly realize you are not alone. You're not. We are in this together, which is why along with this podcast, I also created a community space where we can gather. You can show up exactly as yourself outside of social media and you will be fully embraced. I would love to hang out with you there. You can learn more about it in the link below or on my website, jenniferbeltoff.com. Now let's jump in to today's episode. Today is part two of my birth story and bringing sweet Emma June into this world. The first part is last week, so if you didn't listen to that, you can head on over to that episode to catch up. But I'll give you the brief recap before I dive into part two. And that is that I was sent to the hospital because I had high blood pressure, which I was not expecting. I really thought that Friday was going to be my day, (laughs) not on that Wednesday when I went in to see the doctor. I got induced. I tried pushing for four hours, and she just wasn't coming out. She would come down. They could see her little head. And then as soon as I stopped pushing, she would go right back up. I ended up having to have a C-section, which I was not expecting. But Emma was born, and there she was. I saw her. They put her right next to me, but I didn't hear her cry. And that was one thing that was just staying in my head over and over again because it was what you see in the movies, right? You always hear the baby cry, and I was expecting to have that moment. They whisked her off to the NICU. Dustin went with her. I don't even think I knew in that moment that she was going to the NICU. I just knew they were taking her somewhere, and wherever she was going, Dustin was going with her. I ended up in the recovery room where Dustin was waiting for me, and this is where I stopped last week. Me and Dustin in the recovery room. He shared with me that Emma was in the NICU. He was showing me the pictures that he took while he was in there with her. They were putting her on the scale, doing all sorts of things to her. And I was there still shaking from the anesthesia that I had. I had to be in the recovery room for two hours and or until my blood pressure leveled out. At the time when I went in my blood pressure into the recovery room, my blood pressure was still pretty high. So we were trying to really get that to go down. And while we were in there, we were texting, you know, family and friends, letting them know that we made it through the day. (laughs) Our baby girl had arrived. She was in the NICU, but They had told us that she was there um, to be on forced air. She didn't need oxygen, but she needed forced air to kind of get herself breathing well. She was like breathing really quick and then really slow. And then also while I was in labor, my temperature had spiked. So since my temperature spiked, they put her on antibiotics as a precautionary measure. So because of that, she also needed to be in the NICU. While we were there in the recovery room, and Dustin was showing me the pictures, 
we hadn't yet named her. I mean, it was so quick when they pulled her out in the C-section. They took her away. I was getting all stitched up. And, you know, there was really no time to chat about, oh my goodness, but what do we want to name our baby girl? So while we're in the recovery room, everyone was asking. That was like the burning question. So what's her name? What's her name? And we pulled out the list that Dustin had on his phone, which is so super cute because even before Emma, when I was pregnant um, last year, Dustin, I didn't even know. And I think he had this list even before I got pregnant. He had this list of baby names, both boy and girl. And so from that list, like we started, you know, narrowing it down as we were going through the pregnancy. And it was so much fun to do that because we would sit outside in our back porch and just talk about like, oh, you know, what do you think her name will be? And he would pull up his list and he would read one off and we would be like, nope, not that one. (laughs) You know, it just, it just doesn't work. Nope, not that one. I'm not a fan of that one. And we would go back and forth. We would add names on. We would take names off. And it was, it was such fun, such fun. As we made our list and kind of narrowed down our top three or four choices, there was one name on that list that we both loved. And we both kind of for sure thought that was going to be her name. We were even calling her that, you know, while she was still inside me. And really, hands down, I 100% thought, you know what? This is what she's going to be named. And as we're looking at the pictures and we see her dark hair and her head of hair is just full, which I, I did not expect her to have so much hair when she was born. Both of us were shocked by that. And so many people asked me if I had heartburn during pregnancy because of all the hair that she had. And I mean, I had it maybe one, two days, you know, nothing that was crazy that I would be like, yeah, that was definitely an issue. No, I mean, it was a little bit here and there. But looking at her photo and seeing this dark hair, we both just felt that the name that we were calling her, that we thought for sure it was going to be the name, did not fit her. So we were looking at the list and we had three names. And at the same time, we're both like Emma. She's 100% an Emma. And that was one of the names that was on our list. And we just knew that that was her. Oh, sweet little Emma. Her middle name, June, is after my mom who passed years ago. And I love just having her name have a piece of my mom in her. And when I first got pregnant and we were um, going to find out if it was a boy or a girl, Dustin was really hoping for a girl. He just wanted to have a little girl. And for me, I was, I didn't really have like one particular, either way, there was no like strong emotions, but there was a tiny piece of me that really wanted to have a girl so that I could honor my mom with her name. And so I'm so glad that I was able to, and I know that my mom is always watching over her and is with us every single day. So it was sweet, Emma June, and we were finally able to share the name with our family and friends, and it was just a thrill to be able to finally say, oh my goodness, we had our baby girl, and her name is Emma June. So much fun to be able to do that. But the crazy part is I never imagined that I would be naming my daughter 
by looking at a photo of her. I really thought the moment was going to be Dustin and I together with her on my chest and we would look at her and we would just know and it would be this emotional, beautiful, sweet, (laughs) amazing moment in time. And it was nothing like that. It was just looking at these few photos that Dustin took of her, that quick glance that I had of her while I was in the surgery room. And that was it. It was not this magical, tender-hearted moment that I thought it was going to be. The doctor came in and he checked on me and he asked, you know, what her name was because when we were in labor and even um, after the C-section, he was asking me, you know, if we knew what the name was. And I told him our top choices. And then when I told him Emma June, he was like, oh, that is perfect for her, which was really sweet to hear. And my blood pressure was still a bit high, so we kind of had to hang out in there for a while. And it's so funny because we kind of had like this plan, right? All right, when the nurse comes back in to take your blood pressure, like make sure you're calmed down. Make sure you breathe. We just, we were exhausted. (laughs) We wanted to get out of that room. We wanted to see and hold our baby girl. It felt like so much time from the morning when I went into labor to when they finally got her out of me. And then now still like that time of waiting and wanting to see her. It felt like a lifetime had passed and it was only one day. It was probably now I had her at 7.26 and they probably brought me in to see her. Like I finally got released from the covering room. It might have been like 10.30, 11.00. It felt like so much time, so much time. But finally, I was able to leave the recovery room. They wheeled me from there on the hospital bed into the NICU. And I was able to see sweet Emma and hold her in my arms for the very first time. She was so tiny and they had her hooked up to all sorts of monitors, all sorts of machines. There was a tube in her nose, a tube in her mouth, all things stuck to her. I don't even know what everything was. One of her arms even had to be almost like a little splint on it. So it was straight with something that they had in her, some kind of a tube for whatever, whatever it was. But they were able to take her out of her little glass house that she was in and they laid her on my chest. And this was the moment I was waiting for. Even before giving birth, I was telling Dustin how important that skin-to-skin contact is in the beginning and how I was really looking forward to that first moment when she would just be lying there, right there on my chest. And again, I thought it was going to be (laughs) right after I had her. I didn't think I'd be waiting hours in between for that first moment to happen. You know, and there was this this little piece of me that was feeling like, oh my gosh, is she even going to know that I'm her mom? You know, it's like she was pulled out of me. She was whisked away. How is she going to know I'm her mama? How will she know that? I even had packed, you know, carefully packed button down shirts 
for Dustin so that he too can have that skin to skin contact with her and feel comfortable, you know, holding her. You know, I was just, I was all into it. I really wanted that moment. So now, you know, with all these tubes on her, her cute little hat on, me and my mask because COVID, you know, I really have to be careful in the hospital. They were finally able to place her on me. And oh, that moment was amazing. Not at all what I expected, you know, was really wishing that it would have been different. But just to have her on my chest and to look down and know that, like, Dustin and I created her. Without the two of us, she, she wouldn't be here. And it was completely mind-blowing. This little tiny human being was going to be going home with us. How? How did that happen? I mean, I know how it happened, but it still felt so surreal. And even underneath my mask, I just had on the biggest smile. It was an incredible, incredible moment to be able to hold her for the very first time. And to feel her soft skin and have oh, her little cheek resting on my chest was, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Because of all the wires and everything that she was attached to, Dustin wasn't able to hold her in that moment. But there we were, you know, for the first time, this family of three, me, Dustin, and Emma. And it was surreal and amazing and overwhelming, you know. Both of us were absolutely exhausted and we're soaking in this moment in the NICU. Still a bit in shock, you know, that we created this tiny human, that this was our little baby. It really, really was incredible. We couldn't stay too, too long there. Um, and both, I mean, we were also so just like zonked out from the day. So we went back to the room that we would be in now, which was a nice size, you know, really a great size. The nurse and Dustin helped me get into bed and get settled, you know, checking all of my vitals. Dustin settled into his uncomfortable pull-out chair. I mean, hospitals really need to get a better option for the partner because that thing was so uncomfortable for him. But one cool thing that the hospital had was they had a camera system set up in the NICU so I could call down to get it activated and then I'd be able to pull up the camera anytime, day or night, and see my sweet baby girl, which was amazing. And even that night, it was really hard to sleep. Just, I mean, exhausted, but like sleeping, then waking up, sleeping, then waking up. And anytime I woke up, I put on the camera and just stared at her and just looked at her amazing head of hair and cute little face. And I mean, couldn't believe, first of all, how much she looked like Dustin, like the spitting image of him. And that that was our, our baby girl. So all of that happened on. Thursday. And then 
Friday. And we knew now since I had the C-section that I was going to be in the hospital longer so that I would be there until Sunday, which was quite a bit of time. And I'm so grateful that I did pack extra clothes because of COVID protocols. Dustin, thank God, was able to come and be there with me, but he wasn't able to leave the hospital. He couldn't even like go downstairs to the cafeteria and get something and come up. We were kind of stuck inside our room or we could just walk the hallways if we wanted to. But even if somebody dropped something off for us, the nurse had to go down and pick it up and bring it back up to us. So, you know, we're hunkering down in the hospital for those few days and grateful that I packed those extra clothes because we definitely did need them for sure. I just, knowing that, knowing that it wasn't going to be an option for him to leave, if something happened and we did have to be there longer, I didn't want someone to have to scramble and run to our house and find things and bring them to us. So I just threw everything into the suitcase. So we had breakfast in the room and then we went down to the NICU to see Emma. And it was amazing because even by then in the morning now, she was already off of the forced air that they were giving her, which is really, really great. She still had all these different wires and things on her, but they didn't have to give her that forced air. She was breathing wonderfully on her own, which was amazing news. Because even just knowing she was in the NICU and them telling us, you know, she's great. They're just doing these kind of things precautionary. I still had this, this fear in the back of my mind that something is going to go wrong. Something bad is going to happen. And this unrealistic fear of losing the ones that I love really came after losing my mom. I never really was that way before. Never really kind of thought twice. But now my mind just instantly goes to that dark, dark place. And I get terrified of losing the people that I love. Absolutely terrified. When my dad had COVID and he was in the home by himself, like all I kept thinking was the worst, you know, and you don't, you don't want to be that way. You know, you want to be able to be strong and helpful and be there for everyone. But my mind, it just goes. I mean, there's even been little things that have happened. And my mind is like in this state of worry and panic, like, oh my goodness, I'm, I don't want anything to happen to my loved ones. And so that's all I was thinking was, was I'm not going to be able to take that deep breath in until she gets released from the NICU. I was still holding my breath a bit because it just felt like, oh, She's not here. She's not with us. But so grateful for the NICU and the amazing people that are in there because she received the absolute best care, absolute best care. And so that was always a good kind of reminder in my head and even Dustin would be, but no, like she's in really good hands. She's getting watched over. She's getting taken care of. And I had to keep repeating that to myself to calm my nerves a bit. So being able to go there in the next morning and to see her, oh, I was in awe, in total, total awe. She was so tiny. And as I am holding her, she just looks right into my eyes and my heart melted, completely melted. 
And it was slowly sinking in more and more that she was ours, <laughs> you know, this little tiny human, she was ours. And they have in the middle of the day in the NICU, you can go there anytime, you know, even if you wanted to go down in the middle of the night, you are free to come in and see your sweet little one. But I think it was from one to three in the afternoon is kind of their quiet hours. I don't know what happens during that time, but they have their quiet hours. So at that time, we had to go back to our room and we had lunch and a lactation consultant came in to kind of help me with pumping, which, oh, I mean, as a first time mom, I had no idea (laughs) what I was doing. No idea how to use all this equipment, no idea of any of it. You know, you think you're doing it right. You think you got it. And then you're like, I don't know. I have no idea. And you're overwhelmed and you're tired. All of it, all of it is happening. And she was so kind and so wonderful. And I'm grateful because she just asked a lot of great questions. She listened to any question that I had for her. She was never pushy or trying to really get me to do one thing or the other. It was really her being supportive of what my decisions and choices were and just letting me know the information that she had. And I have heard horror stories, you know, from others about lactation consultants that really is like you had to do it this way or it was the wrong way. And so I'm so grateful that that was not the experience that I had. They, every single one that came in was absolutely amazing. And so helpful. I even had um, one come in a couple of times when I had Emma and had her on me and trying to figure out, you know, the whole breastfeeding thing and amazing, absolutely amazing. And after we had our breakfast, our lunch, now it was lunch, we went back to the NICU and I was able to breastfeed Emma for the very first time, which is a it's a surreal experience for someone who's never done it. It's hard to even explain the, just the closeness that I felt with Emma in that moment. And she latched on for a little bit and it was so sweet. And that worry and fear that I had in my head of like, oh my gosh, how is she going to know I'm her mama? Like, Will she know? Will she be like, you know, I don't know, terrified of me, not know who I am. All of that fear completely went out the window in that moment because you saw the trust she was placing on me. And, you know, here I am giving her food. You know, my body is producing something that she's able to eat to help her get strong and healthy and how amazing and incredible and mind-blowing that is. And I was grateful to have that moment with her. And I did that for a little bit and then I fed her a bottle and then came time to burp her, which I've burped babies many, many times, but to do your own tiny little newborn, oh, it's a bit terrifying. (laughs) It really was. But I mean, all of the nurses in the NICU were so great right there, you know, showing me how to do it and just gave like a lot of reassurance of, you know, you got this, you're, you're good, you know. And when you're a new mom, you absolutely need that reassurance because 
it is so overwhelming. And your emotions and your hormones and all of it is so out of whack. And you have this incredible amount of doubt that you don't know what to do and you don't know how or any of it. You know, you're just in constant doubt of yourself. Or at least I was, you know, and that might not be everybody's experiences, but I was feeling this, this sense of doubt of I'm not going to do it right. I don't know how to do it. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? So to have the support of people in the hospital to really help me through those first phases was immensely helpful, absolutely immensely helpful. That night, we went back to the room for dinner and I began to walk. They were saying, you know, the best thing for recovery is to walk. And I really wanted, you know, to gain my strength back, to to feel strong. I was not not prepared at all to have a C-section. You know, in my mind, my biggest fear after giving birth was going to be like, oh my goodness, was it going to be like to go to the bathroom for the first time? (laughs) That was all I kept thinking in my head and like mentally preparing for. I was not mentally prepared to feel so vulnerable. And vulnerable in the way where I couldn't just get up and do what I normally do. You know, it hurt to sit down. It hurt to even try to get myself out of bed. You know, things that you do without even thinking about it that just absolutely come as second nature. Those things were so, so, so hard to do. And so I really wanted to do anything that I could to get my strength back. And that night, I was finally able to take a shower for the first time, which, oh my goodness, was the best shower I ever took in the tiniest shower stall, right? And I had to move really slow and intentional because of the pain and all of it. I dropped my shampoo bottle and there was no way I was bending down to be able to pick it up. But to feel clean, oh, amazing. And I remember. When my mom was in the hospital, she had asked me to, to wash her hair. And I was terrified. I'm like, oh my goodness, how? How am I going to do this? I have no idea how to wash somebody's hair. Never mind somebody who really, I mean, we don't really have a shower. We're just doing it now in the sink. She's not really fully healthy or strong to be able to stand and do this. And one of my friends, she said, you know, there's no wrong way to do it. No matter what you do, it's going to be wonderful. And it's going to be a memory that you remember forever. And she was absolutely right. Because, you know, me and my mom were there in the bathroom and the water is spilling and, you know, we we got it done. And I even blow dried her hair. I'm not even good with blow drying my own hair. Never mind blow drying someone else's hair. And afterward, she said to me, I feel like a new woman. I feel amazing. Thank you so much for that. And I know exactly how she felt because you just feel so much better. After a shower, when you have clean hair, there's just something about that that makes you feel so good. And so taking that shower really made me feel like a brand new woman. It really, really did. Amazing. Then now onto Saturday, Emma was still in the NICU, but she was doing great. When we went in there to see her in the morning, more of the tubes were out of her. She was looking really great. They had told us that she was just finishing up her dose of the antibiotics. And so that was great news to hear. And they said that she would have to do the car seat check 
And once she did that, she would probably be able to be released. And the car seat check is where they take the newborn and they put them into the car seat for two hours and just make sure that they're able to breathe on their own and everything is good and okay. So Dustin ran downstairs to the car for this. He was able to go outside to the hospital and get it. And he got the car seat and he brought it back in. But one funny thing happened before they had told us about the car seat check. When we first walked in there, it was time for Emma's diaper to be changed. And I have changed a million diapers before, you know, many times, not even thinking twice about it. But now here we are in the NICU with all these nurses, you know, who do things with ease. You know, they swaddle a baby as if it's nothing. It's amazing. And it just kind of feels like it's all eyes on you. And so I started to change her. And, you know, so tiny, so, so tiny, our six little pound girl. And on the little cart that he had her on, they had like a pack of wipes. And then they also had just like these dry cloths. In the past, I've always used wipes. So that's what I went and grabbed to wipe her with. And then she's like, oh, no, no, you can just use the, the dry cloth. Her skin is so sensitive at this time. You don't need to use any actual real wipes. It's like, oh my goodness, the one of many, many things that I'm going to learn on this journey of motherhood, right? After lunch, we had heard that Emma passed the car seat test and she was finally able to come to our room. This was huge, absolutely huge. Because before then, it still really didn't feel real. I mean, we saw her, we held her. But it, she was in the NICU, you know, she wasn't with us. We had to go see her. It almost felt like we were at a hotel, you know, not the greatest hotel, you know. I mean, the hospital food wasn't bad, you know, so in that regard, not terrible. But it just didn't feel so, so real because she was over there. When the nurse rolled her into the room for the first time in that little plastic box that they are in. Oh, tears. Tears just filled my eyes. Here we were alone together, finally. And Dustin just stood over her and me just watching her be able to be that close and it now just be us and not have other eyes, you know, watching my heart melted. I fell in love with him all over again as he held Emma in his arms. There we were, a family of three and unbelievable. He was crying too when he was holding her. It was this very surreal moment. It was that moment that I was envisioning where it was just the three of us, where there wasn't all the hecticness and everything else going on or being surrounded by others. It was just us, absolutely just us. Oh, amazing. It was absolutely so amazing. There was one part right before, like we actually took her out of her little, <laughs> little box that the nurse had showed us the sensor that was on her ankle 
and it was a little bit loose, so she tightened it. And then, you know, she left the room. She left us there by ourselves. And Dustin pulled down the blanket so we could, like, see her little skinny legs, you know, and just see all of her. And her foot was starting to turn purple. The nurse had really tightened that sensor, so he just rips it off. You know, he's not calling anyone. He's not waiting for everything. It's just that parental instinct kicking in right away. And you can hear the alarm going off because it was attached to an alarm. And I called her and I let her know, you know, what we did. And she told us like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. We should have called. But no, no, no. I mean, you're going to do whatever you have to do for your child. And when you see her little tiny foot turning purple, you're ripping that thing right off. But that was like our first, not panic moment, but you're like, oh my gosh, I have this little child. And now this is happening to her. And you just realize you, you know deep inside what you have to do. And you do it. You figure it out along the way one way or another you do you know it's unbelievable and so we got to spend all the rest of the day Saturday with her in our room and we couldn't stop staring at her (laughs) both of us we would just sit and watch and she would just be sleeping and we're just watching her in complete and total awe That night, though, we did send her to the nursery to sleep, thinking, okay, we'll get our final, last good night of sleep. But I mean, who's kidding? Who really gets a good night's sleep in the hospital? I was constantly waking up and just, you know, not sleeping the best. On Sunday, that was the day we were supposed to be going home. We could have stayed another day if we wanted to because I had the C-section, but we could not wait be out of there. We really could not. We wanted to be home, you know, enough of the hospital. Um, Emma had to be cleared to leave and also I had to be cleared. And Emma was cleared first. The doctor said, you know, she looks great to go home. And then it was time for me, you know, waiting around for the doctor to come in and to check me out. And Dustin was joking that as soon as I got cleared, We would be like standing there with our bags packed when the nurse came in like, okay, we're ready. And it's so funny because that is almost exactly (laughs) what happened. As soon as the doctor came in and said, nope, you look great. You can go home. It was like instant. We were just like packing up the room, throwing everything in the bag, not even caring, you know, just wanting it all in. And the nurse walks in. She's like, oh, oh my goodness, you guys are ready to go. We're like, oh yeah, we're, we're ready. We have been here long enough. We just want to be home. She left, like to do all our paperwork. We had lunch. And then we put Emma in the car seat for the first time. And she looked so small and tiny. Even her little clothes were like swimming on her. And it was newborn size. But everything looked so tiny on her. And of course, you know, doing it for the first time, we did not buckle her into the car seat the right way. The nurse showed us, you know, where to position everything, how to actually get it right. And then she walked us downstairs to the car. And that was it. Our family of three, you know, we walked to the car and went home together. And wow, unbelievable. Just sitting in the car. I sat in the back seat with Emma. 
Dustin was driving and just looking, you know, forward and looking at her. And then this was it. This was a new adventure for us, a new life that we were embarking on. The ride from the hospital to home, very short, probably about 10 minutes. And when we stepped in the house, for the very first time, it was like crossing this threshold. Here we were. Oh, a brand new world. An absolutely brand new world. For, gosh, I think we've been together 12 years. It's just been Dustin and I. You know, we've been able to just pick up and go on a moment's notice. Able, you know, to kind of go with the flow of things. And now we would have to be a little bit more into the planning. A little bit more prepared, not just, you know, jumping out and running out the door, but also thinking of someone else. We put her in the bassinet, which was still in the living room, because we had yet to bring it up to the bedroom. And she was so tiny in there, and we just sat and stared and hugged and cried and took in this beautiful, beautiful moment. Both of us were absolutely exhausted. All we wanted to do was take a shower and crash because it was long, so long. But to finally be home, the three of us, there was nothing else we needed in the world in that moment. That was all we needed. And sweet Emma June is here, and she is three months old and growing like a weed. She is amazing and brings us so much joy every single day. And I know I will probably have so many more stories about her and motherhood and figuring all of this out (laughs) along the way because it is absolutely a learning experience and all of that will be brought to the podcast. But it feels so great to be back here, to be sharing my heart with you. If there is anything in particular you want to hear about from me, please let me know. Send me an email. You can find my email address on my website, or it's just jennifer at jenniferbeltoff.com. If there's a guest that you want me to chat with, please let me know because I really do want to bring guests on as well. I love doing this and I am grateful, so grateful to have you listening on the other end. This is the beginning of a new journey for me, so I know it will be many stories to come and I appreciate you holding my heart and listening and being there and know that I am there for you as well. So come on over to the community space. Let's hang out. And here we go. We're off on a journey together. I will be back next week with a brand new episode. I hope you will join me then. And until then, have a wonderful week and we will talk soon.